Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Kenzie from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram, it's just at Kenzie Elizabeth. I release new episodes every Thursday, so hope to see you there. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Helen Johannesson. I am the owner of a wine shop in Los Angeles called Helen's Wines. It's inside super dope restaurant called John and Vinny's. We have two locations, Fairfax and Brentwood. And I am also your host of Wine Face. Wine Face is my podcast that's breaking down the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs of the wine, drink, food, community, but mostly about wine. We're educating, we're usually educating about wine. Um, you want to get more information, follow us on Instagram at Helen's Wines or check us out online, helenswines.com, where you can peruse our selection, see what we got going on. Our wine club is now shipping nationally. So wherever you are, join the club. Listen, maybe you just want to look good in front of your friends and learn a little wine 411. Maybe you're obsessed with food and wine, just like me. Either way, I am here for you. So today, every season, I think, like summer, every time there's like a big shift in the seasons, we do a entertaining episode. And so today is a special edition. It is the season of the holiday party. So we're doing a holiday entertaining 411. Just my personal tips, my thoughts, my feelings, my fears, my inspiration. No, I'm never scared of the holiday party. I love holiday parties. I think they're so naturally surrounded in awesome amounts of joy and positivity and everyone feels good and people are more relaxed. Maybe I guess some people have holiday anxiety, but for the most part, I think it's pretty bomb.com. My epic memory. So I have this one super epic memory of a holiday party that I used to go to every year as a kid. And it was at the Flaherty's house, which was three doors down from the house I grew up in New York. 
And I looked forward to it every year. I loved it so much. It was like the antithesis of any party that my parents would throw because it was so over the top. You'd walk in, there was someone there to take your coats. You'd go downstairs and they had a bartenders and little tuxedo-y vibe outfits. And I could have as much ginger ale as I wanted, <laughs> which might sound crazy, but you know, Unlimited ginger ale was really important to me as a kid because my mom really limited that soda. Anyway, the Flaherty's house was off the chain. So you'd get like your little glass of ginger ale and then you'd go upstairs to their dining room where they had just a massive buffet in their dining room table with all the chairs taken away. So you'd just kind of walk around the table and it was filled. It was like, you know, those crazy cheese boards now that take up the entire table. It's like a grazing board. Well, this was that, except it was like multiple layers of like a whole ham and then like shrimp and then cheese and cornichons and like slices of baguette. I mean, it was just insane and salad and you just walk around and like make a little plate or grab a shrimp. Anyway, I just loved it. And they always had great holiday decorations. And I would just go from like getting a ginger ale at the bar, getting shrimp on a plate, bar, shrimp, bar, shrimp. That was my MO. But it was really the biggest thing that I was influenced by was the cozy feeling of it all. The absolute magical moment that surrounded it. So the first hot tip I have for you in holiday entertaining, whether it's you're just having a few friends over to your house or you're having an epic rager. These are some things that I always think about before I'm planning a party. And I think they really take it to the next level, mate. So number one is set a cozy scene. And it starts with how it smells. Like the olfactory, nostalgic vibe goes so much farther than any flower arrangement you could put in. And what do I mean by that? It means like you need to have the smell, like not everybody has a fireplace. So obviously I'm not going to say get a wood burning fire going. That'd be great. If you have one, get it cracking. What I like to do is get Christmas tree trimmings, like the extra ones or garlands made from like Fraser fir, which have a lot of fragrance. And also the trimmings, you could go to Home Depot and usually they'll give them away for free, but you can arrange them around your house. You don't need to necessarily put them in water and they exude this fragrance, especially if let's say you don't want a Christmas tree. Maybe you don't ever have one or you just haven't been able to get one. I don't know. Anyway, maybe you have a Christmas tree too, but I get these trimmings and you kind of put them in the bathroom and you put them everywhere. So as people walk in, they're confronted and comforted by this insanely amazing smell of like being in a Fraser Fir forest. And then I always burn something like sagey, woodsy, this time of year, probably more along the Palo Santo lines, just to get that woodsy aroma pumping through the house, get the, get the whole vibe. And then the key, when you talk about food for the epic holiday party, because first it's about like the olfactory scene, which is your smell. The key is people are there to get their epic grays on. They just want to eat food. So there's no point. I mean, unless you're having a small dinner party, I believe that don't try and cook a full meal. Try and put stuff out that can sit really well at room temperature or stuff that's really easy to heat up. You could go along the lines of the Flaherty holiday party that I used to go to as a kid, but I don't even think that's necessary. Even if you just do like an epic cheese board with charcuterie, maybe you get a little caviar, maybe you get crazy and make spinach and artichoke dip. I don't know. It really, whatever floats your boat. I'm not the chef, but holiday epic grays 
I always think having a ham is pretty cool with the knife and you can carve it and then you get the sweet Hawaiian rolls and then you can also have pickles on the side, you know, the Hawaiian sweet rolls so everyone can DIY, make their own and mustard, make their own little mini ham sandwiches. That's, you could just put that out and you would have won the entire day, in my opinion. So next up, if you don't have a physical bar and you don't hire a bartender, the important thing to do and I say this at every entertaining episode, the epic thing to do is to set up some area in your house. And maybe it's the kitchen because it's like the place where mess is less fussy, but you need to set up a place for a self-serve bar. Now, what exactly would a self-serve bar have? If you do it in the kitchen, the nice thing about that is you can get ice, you can put the bag of ice into the sink. You know, it depends how casual or how fancy you want to do. If you're having a big party, you're going to need lots of ice. You don't want it to melt. There's no point in cramming it in your freezer. Also, your freezer is never going to make enough ice to keep up with the amount of drinks. So set up the bar adjacent right next to the sink. And so you have your bags of ice just in the sink. They'll melt a little bit, but just buy a little extra ice to account for meltage. Get some sort of spoon, like a metal spoon, makeshift ice scoop. Open, like cut the top of one of the bags. Make sure before you put the bags in the sink that outside or on a floor that you don't care about, you loosen the ice up so it's not one big piece. So before you open the bag, you kind of throw it on the floor a few times to loosen the cubes up. So it's easy access. So you set that up. Then you kind of have whatever it is you're planning to offer, you have it spread out as if it was like a mini bar where you would be like if you had a bar cart, that idea. So maybe you want to have limited amounts of stuff. So maybe you have champagne and you have white wine and you have some red wine. So you can have an area for the wine. You can have a little ice bucket that has the wine that needs to be cold. And then the unopened bottles can be by the bags of ice in the sink. Maybe you have no wine. I don't know. But if it's a wine face holiday party... You got wine at this wine face party. Anyway, you have an area for the wine. You have an area where all the glasses are. So people can just grab their own glass. They grab a glass. Let's say they're having a mixed drink. Scoop the ice in the glass. And then you have to set up what sort of cocktail options they have. So if you have the basic things, like maybe you're doing gin and tonic, old fashions, or maybe it's just spirits and mixers. You have your spirits kind of lined up in a row. And then next to it, you have maybe club soda, tonic, or maybe a juice, like maybe you're doing apple cider and whiskey drinks, which is like a very simple and delicious cocktail. And you add a splash of lemon. And then instead of worrying about like, squeezing a bunch of citrus juice. What I always do is get a cutting board. I have a bowl of every citrus fruit because in the holidays, it's citrus season. So I have a bowl that has like grapefruit, orange, lemon, and lime. You have a knife and you have a hand juicer. That way, if someone wants to get crazy and add a little fresh grapefruit juice, they can with a hand juicer or squeeze it in with their hand. Or if they just want to cut a couple lime wedges, that way it's like they're cutting and prepping all the garnish and all of the things that go with the drinks, not you. So that's the best way to keep it. You just give everyone the tools to success and then you sort of walk away. When people come to my house, I usually get them their first drink, introduce them to where the bar area is and tell them, please help yourself to anything. Nothing's off limits. Everything I've set out is for you to use. So the only caveat to this is if you want to do a specialty cocktail. 
So specialty cocktails are super cool. I think these are my, I don't don't think, I know, these are my top holiday drinks. Now I celebrate Christmas. So some of these have been drinks that I've had or made for my family at Christmas time, usually my family in New York, but obviously whatever you celebrate, who, whatever you're into, these would work as well. And I'm going to provide the recipes and also a link if the recipe is a little bit too long. About five years ago, I made a recipe for a spiced rum citrus punch for Bon Appetit. And we did this like New Year's Eve party. And so, but it's perfect because all of citrus is in season. Spice rum really adds this natural sweetness to it. It also has a little bit of Luxardo. And this is the kind of drink where you would make like a big bowl of it and you'd have it on display in sort of a punch bowl. You know, don't run out and buy a punch bowl, but some people are very into that. And that's just like a large format. You'd make it before everybody came. It's served themselves. There's a ladle. They just add ice and it's just like a nonstop fun fest from a bowl. The three cocktails that I really like that kind of veer away from a large format punch, because I don't usually make those, but I do think it's really fun to include. The first one is an Italian drink called a spagliato. And spagliatos are made with Aperol or Campari. I like using Aperol, but Campari is great as well. Sweet vermouth. I like using Carpano Antica, but some people like Noli Prat or you could even use... Uh, pretty much any sweet vermouth that you want. And then it's topped with a Prosecco or a sparkling wine similar to Prosecco. They're delicious. And then you cut like a big fat orange wheel and you squeeze a little bit in and garnish it with that. It's sort of like a light Negroni, but also sparkling. And if there's someone who wanted to kick it up a notch, they could add a splash of gin, but it's super delicious without that because you're getting the aromatics from the Aperol or Campari, but then also the sweet vermouth and the Prosecco. And it's kind of like a wintry Aperol spritz, but with a little more depth and a little more holiday cheer. I mean, Spagliatos are the truth. They're delicious and they don't kind of get you, they're not super, super high in alcohol. So I think they're an awesome choice for the holidays. Next is just classic Negroni. And if you're having a holiday party, Negronis are really easy to mix beforehand because it's equal parts gin, Aperol. Again, I use Aperol, but you can use Campari, but gin, Aperol, and sweet vermouth. And I'll list the recipe, but let's say you have 20 people coming over. Maybe you want a pre-batch 20 Negronis. And the great thing about a pre-batch Negroni is it can live in your fridge. They never go bad, just like a pre-batch Manhattan. Any cocktail that doesn't have citrus fruit, you could mix it together and it could just live in a bottle in your fridge. Like it would never go bad. The key to a really good Negroni is balance, making sure that the gin is in balance with the Carpano Antica, the sweet vermouth. Otherwise it can be a little sweet. So Negronis are definitely a power move and those you'd want to garnish with a orange peel, I think is the best, but some people want to put like a whole orange slice and that's where your little cutting board setup comes into play. The last one is a super fun drink that you can make with either tequila or whiskey. I call it the ginger claws. And most recently I've made it with tequila and it's tequila, lemon, fresh pressed apple juice and ginger syrup. Now the apple, you could go and buy apple cider, not Martinelli's, but like from a farm, like the actual brown colored apple cider. So tequila, lemon, 
apple cider, and then ginger syrup is super easy to make. You just peel ginger and you blend ginger in a Vitamix, and then you add simple syrup to it. And there's a desired ratio depending on how spicy you want it, but you add ginger, a little hot water to puree the ginger, it releases some liquid, and then you simple syrup is just equal parts sugar and water, and you add that in. So yo, ginger claws is on fleek. Those are my top holiday drinks. For the top holiday wines, I always say champagne or something bubbly is just the place to be. And then beyond that, it's these cozy red wines that make you want to curl up by the fireplace and get super, super cozy. But I'll list a few of my favorites in the show notes. There's two cookbooks I'm super obsessed with that might help with your grazing feast. The first one is Maddie Matheson's cookbook, It's adventurous, but it has all these sort of decadent, amazing things that you'd want to cook, things you've always dreamed about, or things that you just want to eat in the cold of winter. And then Alison Roman's new cookbook, Nothing Fancy, is really easy, really fun. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Actually, for Thanksgiving, I read her New York Times article about her approach to cooking Thanksgiving dinner, and I cooked my turkey based on her suggestions, and it was, I knocked it out the park, y'all. It was like the best turkey I've ever cooked, and it made so much sense, and it was very calm, and she's just like a culinary calm genius, so shout out to Allison Roman. Recently, in the last few years, I've experienced some new traditions because my partner, Alex, his family, they are Mexican and they make tamales every holiday season. A lot of people think tamales, I thought before I met him, like, oh yeah, tamales, you can get them at the farmer's market or you can get them all the time. But actually, people do make tamales all the time, but they're supposed to be made they're special. They're sort of indicate the holidays, especially for Alex's family. So every November, December, that's when tamales really come into play. And these are like the best little bundles of joy ever made from the most dreamy masa. I thought I knew a good tamale until I had had these and they take it to the next level. They're not so big in the ratio to filling, the masa to filling ratio is insane. So they make, my favorite ones are cheese and jalapeno. What, what? Surround yourself with tamales. It's a new tradition that I really love and is now in my life. And I hope to continue for a very, very long time. And the last thing to consider is music. When you're throwing the season of the epic holiday party, I would recommend not going too hardcore into the Christmas carols. You got to mix it up. You got to put some Israelites in there. You got to put some music that isn't just about Santa baby, et cetera, et cetera. But those are my hot holiday tips. A lot of people are into the ugly sweater party. That's not really my bag, but knock yourself out. Listen, tis the season of cheer, of being positive, feeling good about yourself. So get in that turtleneck sweater, get out there, grab a bottle of champagne, pop it, make the spiced rum citrus crunch, and blow your friends out of the water. Happy holidays, y'all. Thank you for listening. This is Wine Face, my podcast, breaking down the ins and the outs of wine to a digestible level. And I'm Helen, your host. I own Helen's Wines in Los Angeles, a little gem box wine shop inside John and Vinny's, which is a restaurant. It's epic. You can find me there if you're in Los Angeles. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram at Helen's Wines. Peace. Peace.